You're listening to Food for the Future on 980 CFPL and 980CFPL.ca. Here's your host, Peggy O'Neill. I'm Peggy O'Neill, home economist and host of Food for the Future. Today, we are launching the monthly series, Waste Not, in which we talk about food waste and the ways which household action can bring global change. We're starting the series with a conversation about global food waste and what households can do to help feed everyone in the immediate family, as well as help ensure there's enough food for our hungry human family across the world. It's my pleasure today to introduce to you Mr. Vimlendra Sharan, Director of the United Nations Food and Agriculture Organization Liaison Office for North America. Welcome, Mr. Sharan. Thank you, Peggy, and it's a pleasure to meet you. It's wonderful to have you here. A pleasure meeting you too. <laughs> Mr. Sharan, you've dedicated your life to leadership in food and agriculture and to advocacy helping farmers. Thank you for your many, many contributions. In your work, you must see how much change really is needed in the world, and it must be overwhelming at times. What inspires you to keep going? Well, it is is overwhelming. You have uh, more than 700 million people uh, hungry, and these are pre-pandemic figures. You had about 135 million people who were facing acute hunger around the world, and these numbers have gone up by about 100 million due to the pandemic, which had a major impact on the economies of most countries and pushed millions of people into poverty and impacted uh, hunger in a big way. So it is definitely a time where we need all hands on the deck. You need a lot of policy inputs. You need a lot of science, a lot of innovation, a lot of investment, but more, most important, I think, uh, the world over, you need a a lot of commitment to ensure that we come out of this phase of uh, hunger and malnutrition effectively and are able to actually end it by 2030. Now, for me, uh, I come from India and come from a very, very poor and backward state of Bihar in North India. And uh, it's been a long journey in which I have seen uh, poverty and hunger uh, from uh, very, very close quarters. And uh, I have heard the anguish and the cry of a hungry child or of the mother who's not uh, able to feed her children. And what really has struck a chord with me always is that, it always saddens me, of course, is that this cry is a very silent cry. You know, it's just not, it's not that somebody is howling. It's a very silent cry. And to understand that uh, hurt and that fear, uh, it's extremely important that all of us do understand that because that's what really uh, got me into this. Uh, I joined the government service in India, worked with the government for 25, 27 years. Many of those were spent in agriculture and food uh, areas. So I have been uh, way, way, uh, involved in all this. And from the very beginning, I always found that there was hope, there was resilience, there was fortitude, which poor and the hung- hungry showed. And that really inspired me. That really egged me on. Uh, as uh, we will see uh, always, and we always talk of statistics and figures, for me, they're important, but 
what is equally and perhaps more important is the face behind each one of those figures. So when I say 700 million people, it's not a, just a figure of 700 million. There's 700, face, 700 million faces behind that. And that's what really get, keeps me going. Well, thank you so much for that. And I think that you're reminding us of the human virtues, the hope and the commitment and responsibility that we all need to seek out and find. And that you're right, statistics can be nameless and faceless, but there's a face on every single person that needs some food Absolutely. somewhere. It is a child, it is a mother, it is a father, a sibling, a neighbor. And I think that as we shift our mindset to think of the human family and take responsibility for the human family, I think we can all together hopefully find some common ground and some global change. And hopefully what my focus is, is how households can help do that. And I think one of the ways that households can find out more information so that they can rise to the responsibility level that I think we need to make household changes. When you look particularly in North America, the food and where it is wasted, uh, that the United Nations Food and Agriculture Organization is a great resource. So could you tell us about the United Nations Food and Agriculture Organization, what it is and what it does? Yeah, United Nations Food and Agriculture Organization, or FAO, as commonly known around the world. Yeah, we are a specialized agency of the UN. Uh, we have been tasked to uh, lead the international effort in eradication of global hunger and malnutrition. Uh, founded actually in Canada in 1945, uh, we had our first uh, uh, session on uh, 16th of October, 1945 in, in, in Quebec. So yeah, we traced our roots to, to Canada and uh, our first headquarter was in uh, Washington DC from where then we moved on to Rome. We are now, uh, I think we have about 194 member states who are, who are our members, uh, nations who are members. And we have uh, uh, programs now in over hundred countries and we have uh, more than hundred field offices uh, all, all across uh, and concentrated of obviously in, in, in Africa and Asia and Latin America, uh, Caribbean. And uh, we help national governments in presenting evidence to them, in helping them build up policies, in helping them build capacities. We are also, I can proudly say, the custodian of the best statistical uh, data uh, platform uh, in the world on food and agriculture from across the globe. We also are responsible for and uh, take pride in uh, setting standards uh, under Codis Elementarius, which is so very important for ensuring food safety, uh, because we firmly believe that uh, what is not safe is not food. And uh, those standards have to be uh, uh, adhered to not just for safety, as I said, but also for uh, uh, effective trade to take place. So there's a whole gamut of activities that we are involved in. It uh, stretches across what you and I would normally think of agriculture as in growing food. But we cover uh, fisheries, we cover forestry, we cover environment. We, we, are, we are in every aspect of, of, of uh, food and agriculture, whatever you can think of. FAO is, is involved in all those. Fantastic. And a wonderful amount of global collaboration and expertise all coming together to the same purpose, which is making sure that every family, every face has food every single day so that we can all get on with the higher living and a better life. 
And after this break, we're going to hear more from Mr. Vim Landry-Sharan, Director of the United Nations Food and Agriculture Liaison Office for North America, who will share his expertise on global food waste and the ways households can come together to ensure there's enough food for every family at home and across the world. I'm Peggy O'Neill, host of Food for the Future and Home Economist. Welcome back to Food for the Future on 980CFPL and 980CFPL.ca. Here's your host, Peggy O'Neill. I'm Peggy O'Neill, home economist and host of Food for the Future. The show today launches the monthly series, Waste Not, in which we discuss food waste and the ways in which household action can bring global change. We're speaking with our very special guest, Mr. Vimlander Sharan, Director of the United Nations Food and Agriculture Liaison Office for North America. Recently, the Food and Agriculture Organization published some information on food lost and food waste. Can you tell us about the aims of that process? Yeah, uh, we actually published the first figures in uh, about a decade or so back, and uh, we had indicated that about one third of the food that is produced globally is going waste. Uh, then came the sustainable development goals, and we had the target uh, under goal number 12, which uh, required the world to reduce food loss and waste by 50%. We also realized that there was a huge uh, problem in how food loss and waste is measured. Every country would be doing it in different ways, uh, including in the definition of what is food loss and what is food waste. We had no index against which to benchmark and measure. So what is the baseline? What do you, what do you mean when you say by reducing it by half? What is the baseline? Which figure are you working off of? So there were a lot of uh, gaps in the data. And uh, it was rightly decided that uh, UNFAO and UNEP, the Environment Protection Agency, we would come together. And FAO would be the custodian for developing the index for food loss, which we take up to and not including retail. So anything before that is what we are custodian of. And anything after that, which is retail and consumers and uh, food service providers, they come in the food waste basket. So UNEP became the custodian for the food waste index. And that's how it's been, the work's been divided. It's, it's obviously it's a, it's a, highly collaborative work to say that uh, we don't speak to UNEP or UNEP doesn't speak to us. That's not how the, how the system works. So it's, it's been a collaborative uh, journey, uh, but the custodianship had to lie with one agency, obviously, because of uh, the way the reporting has to be done. So this index was developed. We came out with our index uh, two years back, and we found that about 14% uh, of the global food is being lost. So I'm not cutting down the 33% figure, which I just mentioned. Right. That's it stays because I'm just talking about the loss. Added to that is the waste, which is about now working out after the UN publishers report, works at about 17%. Uh, so 14 plus 17, so it would be 31. Now you have to remember that data about food loss and waste is very thin, very thin. Mm -hmm. and uh, a lot of uh, extrapolations need to be done, modeling needs to be done, and there can always be a question mark raised against the sanctity of the data just because of the fact that not many countries are still measuring food loss and food waste. 
So uh, given all that, I think uh, both FAO and UNEP have done a fantastic job to come out with the index, which will help countries now measure their food uh, loss and food waste, and hopefully uh, make them understand once the figures are out, make them understand where they stand and where they need to go. And that's exactly where, you know, when we say uh, statistics, that's where it really comes in handy because it helps us develop that evidence uh, and uh, helps us go forward with making appropriate policies. Yes, it provides a shared um, perspective from which to start the conversation. And it also gives us a place to start as we measure moving forward. And so I think that's incredible work and very valuable. I know how difficult when you talk statistics about questioning methodology and whatnot, that will always happen. No one in the academy or in um, industry or in NGOs who are collecting data will never, it's something that gets questioned. So it no way negates um, the value of the uh, food waste and food loss statistics. And just to put it into context for listeners, do you have a, um, some information on roughly how many pounds a year? Uh, we talked about percents. What does that look like in terms of pounds per year of food wasted? So uh, let's, let's put it at one third of the, of the total production is going, uh, is going waste. Uh, which means that you know, even if you uh, just take uh, the food that is currently wasted, uh, how do I put it? Say, say we take just twenty five percent of that, one fourth of that, and that would be enough to to feed the whole world, which is today going hungry. So it is a uh, it's a humongous amount of. Uh, food which is going waste. If we just talk of North America, for example, let's take an average American family, and I think dollar thousand five hundred is the annual amount of food of the average American family. The food that is being wasted. Uh, that doesn't mean that the waste is only in this part of the world. There's a lot of food which gets wasted in uh, Africa and Asia. Uh, the total annual. Uh, um, figure if you want to compute a figure and give a figure to the amount of food that is lost in sub-Sahara or sub-Saharan area of countries which are so poor and so hungry, it's over uh, over $4 billion. So imagine the amount of uh, money that is getting wasted in countries where farmers are actually living on $2 and less a day. It's a, it's a humongous waste of about uh, $4 billion. Uh, China, uh, again, Pakistan, India, Figures are huge, so it's it's a mammoth uh, mountain that we're looking at, and uh, it's it's it would be such an easy fruit to pluck if we were to put our policies in place and get innovative ideas around reducing food loss and waste. Yes, as I was listening to you, you know, with my my mouth open, almost staggering statistics, I was reminded of the adage that the truth hurts but it will also set you free because the inspiring message out of what you just said is, we are producing that food right now. I, I know we're often looking for innovations in the food supply chain where people are talking about where's the agricultural land gonna come from, but right now we are producing enough food if managed well and reallocated in trade deals and arriving to the people that need it. We have a lot of food right now that could be corrected. Totally, totally agree. Totally agree with you. Look at the UNEP report, which has just come out a couple of weeks back. 
In 2019, the global waste figure they have calculated stands at uh, 931 million uh, tons of food, yeah. of which about 60%, which is nearly uh, 930, so about 570 million is is at the as the consumer level. So it's it's a it's a huge huge figure we are talking about. A significant figure, and for the purposes of this show, food for future, from a home economics and household perspective, there is a major contribution that each individual household on their own taking action can do to contribute to this loss in food waste because of where the food is wasted in North America, particularly on the plate and in the homes, not exclusively or only, but a significant portion. So I think that that is in its own, as I said, while staggering. A very important message in that we there are certain things in the world we're not sure how we're going to change. We talk about climate change. We talk about right now、um, managing the pandemic. We don't know individually how we're going to do that. But food waste is different. We can do something about that. We can get better household strategies, and we can work with governments to find ways to get the food where it needs to be, not only in our communities but across the world. So. I know that I want to help, and I know listeners want to too. And change starts with isolating the problems that we need to solve. And I think the Food and Agriculture Organization has given us a great place to start in terms of understanding food waste. Today on Food for the Future, we've been speaking with Mr. Vimlendra Sharan, Director of the United Nations Food and Agriculture Liaison Office for North America. Our topic has been global food waste and the ways in which we can bring change to humanity right now from our own homes. Each week, we leave you with something to talk about and something to do. Something to talk about. How could your household come together to reduce food waste at home, in your community, in our nation, and in our world? Something to do. Browse the United Nations Food and Agriculture website. There is all kinds of statistics and resources there that really help inform listeners of what you can do and what is happening across our hungry planet. Next week on the show, we will launch the monthly series "City Farming," in which we discuss home growing and the ways in which households can create and contribute to a flourishing food system. Our guest, Mr. Michael Levinston, Executive Director of City Farmer, a news and resource site providing a collection of stories for home growers since 1978. I'm your host, Peggy O'Neill, and you've been listening to Food for the Future. Thank you to our platinum level sponsors, Burnbrae Farms, Eggs for Life, and the Middlesex London Food Policy Council. Food for the Future with Peggy O'Neill airs every Saturday at 8:30 on 980 CFPL and 980 CFPL.ca.